Hello and welcome to Warning Track, where we give you everything Spartan baseball, from the recaps to the analysis. I'm your host, Zachary Barr, here with Michael Epps. How you doing, Michael? Good. How you doing? We're uh, stuck here in another blizzard, two weeks in a row after it warmed up over the weekend. How are they handling uh, the weather again? Oh, it's rough. The snow all over the place. It's, they And they don't even ice the sidewalks, so no. you're slipping all over the place. No, it's it's been a nightmare. I don't think it stopped snowing yesterday, And uh, but you got, got any good plans for spring break? No, nothing much. Just staying home and working. What about you? Oh, man, I'm going back home to San Diego, California and getting some some hot weather. So get out of this for just a little. Sounds nice. But uh, once again, the Spartans were somewhere a little warmer than us. They were down in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, and I thought this was a really big win. And before we get in a uh, big weekend and before we get into any recap, what happened, who played well, all that good stuff. We're going to talk a little about Northern Baseball. And I thought and I said this is a huge weekend for the Spartans because they did finish the weekend 3-0 against all Southern teams. Um, and to me, there's, you know, coming from the West Coast, and, you know, it's just a well-known thing in college baseball that there's, you know, by no means a better place to play than the South. You think of, when you think college baseball, you think SEC, you think Pac-12. You don't think Michigan where it's snowing. Um, what do you think of this? Yeah, and even ACC, too. They're right on the coast. And mm-hmm. it's really tough to have that huge divide where it's like, the best players are going down south, and really the players that don't get a chance to all those big schools will then just move up north or just stay around up north where, you know, it, it, it's a struggle for those players because they can't play all year round and they really have a lot of uh, troubles, whereas the south, they just it's just so much easier for them. Exactly, and I think getting that heated field, field really helped the Spartans. I think that's a recruiting tool. But then, you know, anytime a Big Ten team comes down to the south, in Corpus Christi, Texas, um, that Big Ten name just carries a lot of weight on its own. And so you think Big Ten, you just think big for any sports. So I think going down there and getting those wins and hearing about a new heated field, I think this is just huge for the long run and long run for all of Northern baseball and for Spartan recruiting in the future. Um, but uh, anything else you'd like to add about that, Michael? Yeah, definitely. Recruiting, that's a huge recruiting tool. You know, we hear all about these different methods that college teams are trying to use you know we hear Jim Harbaugh with all of the nonsense that he's doing <laughs> over there and I think this can really help draw some attraction to Michigan State and even Big Ten in total we'll see if maybe some other fields other schools will add this the heated fields I think it's a a really cool addition that the Spartans have and hopefully it will draw some better players and uh, it's great for the Big Ten and it's great for Northern Baseball I think that they definitely de- they definitely don't deserve the divide where we have the North and South. It, it's just undeserved, and uh, I think that it's, you know, you, you can't do anything about the weather, but mm-hmm. it's definitely yeah. a step in the right direction where we can have more of a fluid motion there. Exactly. So, you know, and we have Jordan Zimmerman from Arizona, so, you know, we're getting that recognition, uh, but we're going to move into the weekend. The Spartans yeah. improved to 6-0 and on the season, making this the first time since 1964 that the Spartans have started 6-0. and um, and the last time Michigan State Club was undefeated through 66 games was in 1970 when they started 5-0-1. So, um, I mean, we were talking before the show, who would have thought this team would have, you know, been breaking records over here? We had so many question marks in our preview show. Um, anything you want to add before we get into the Texas State game? Yeah, definitely. It's It, it was an interesting way where we had no idea how the team was going to look. We didn't know the lineup after losing so many huge offensive starters last year. And we had a lot of question marks about the team and whether they would be able to have the type of season that they did last year and in previous years. And it's definitely been a huge surprise to see the team have so much success. Yeah. And so um, speaking, we'll start with the success of the weekend at Texas State. That was the Friday game. 
Um, it was a 3-2 win for the Spartans, so this was one of those classic grinded-out games that Jake Boss Jr. Um, told Impact at the beginning of the year on the preseason interview. You know, this team wasn't meant for offense. They didn't expect a lot of offense, so, you know, they're going to have to grind out wins. And how did they do that? Well, you know, first round we get a quick one off um, in the third off a Byers, Matt Byers double. Um, Texas would later tie the game in the fifth off an error. Um, and that's yet another unearned run for Cam. Uh, he's let up six runs this year, but only two of those earned. Uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, that's definitely really tough to see that he is really the head horse of the Spartans rotation. And he's really done a great job on the season and hasn't given up too many runs. You said just just two earned. And so he has a 1.59 ERA on the season after the second weekend, and those are just the earned runs, obviously. So yeah. he's still having a great season, and it's it's been troubling to see that after all of these positives on the team that we're going to talk about all throughout the podcast, the one negative, the one downfall is that they are having a lot of struggles defensively, errors all over the place, and it's causing trouble for the pitching and all over the place for yeah, the Spartans. Yeah, like we said, that just comes with a young team. But I'm going to point out um, the game was tied until the sixth inning, and then this is just a classic grind, you know, grind it out, run right here. Zim gets on. Uh, that's Jordan Zimmerman. Steals second and just a hustle play home on Alex Troop to give him the lead. It's 2-1. Um, Texas State responds right back with a homer, so it's 2-2. Cam leaves the game. Um, after that, MSU um, sorry, MSU responds by taking the lead in the bottom half of the inning where uh, Ross Kelly actually, Chad Ross Kelly, gets his first at-bat of the year and gets a double off a Royce Andu triple to start the inning. So, you know, they get that 3-2 lead, and then it was Dakota Meccas who came out of the pen and just shut down this game, and it was a 3-2, you know, very low-scoring affair. Grind it out to the end. Scrape any run you possibly can get. Uh, what do you think of all that? Well, Meccas has been absolutely phenomenal this season. He's appeared in four games and still has not given up a run, and he's really been the main anchor down there in the bullpen where they can look to him and they can count on him to close out a game, close out an inning, and that was huge after the after the homer from off Cam View and that we weren't sure after this close, you know, wire-to-wire game all throughout, and it, it was huge for Dakota Mekas to come in and, and shut the door. Yeah, and I, I thought this was interesting, an interesting tactic by Coach Jake Boss, or manager Jake Boss Jr., um, to leave in Mekas for the rest of the game. Um, it was a safe situation, and we have that new our new closer, Mockby, um, and he was not used, and they, they let Mekas go, and which was surprising to me because it's not like he had, like, an incredible eighth inning either. He had a single and a walk, which, you know, no damage was done. But still, it's not like he went out and struck out the side. Um, so I thought it was really interesting in a one-run game for them to keep in Mekis and not use Mach B. Um, proved to be the right choice. He struck out two in the ninth to close out the game. Um, any takeaways from the matchup from uh, this Texas State game as a whole? Well, yeah, it was interesting to see that for the first time this season, they really had that wire-to-wire game. And it, it really proved something about the team that they could re- keep their composure and close out this tough game because as we saw in the first weekend they had a huge margin of victory and they mm-hmm. didn't really have to have this tough grinded out game and it was it was very telling for the team that they were able to respond to the um you know the homer off cam and, and they the, responded, the deficit and they responded well to you know close out the game and they responded to a really good pitcher as well you know this was this guy was drafted by the Indians last year that they faced so you know this was some of the top pitching they've seen all year and they still managed to scrape three runs especially Royce Ondo a freshman from Canada, and uh, he got the triple to set up the you know eventual game-winning run. Uh, that's one of my biggest takeaways. And another takeaway, and we'll kind of touch on this later, is uh, Cam's still not going super deep into games, and we'll talk about bullpen use as the podcast goes on. But we're going to move into Saturday's game against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. 
Uh, they were the, the host of the event. Um, and it looked like our uh, bats from last week and decided to show up this one in the 9-3 victory. Uh, what do you think here? Well, it was great to see those explosive bats come in, and it was a big thing that we're going to talk about later where the offense has really, besides the Friday game, have showed a great deal of composure and consistency where they can, you know, get the hits and run up the hit total, but also the explosiveness where they, um, you know, the game was really close going late, and um, they finally in the seventh inning broke out with the huge inning, but it was huge, yeah. and, um, you know, it was it was tough at the beginning. We saw the errors again where um, a throwing error error by Zimmerman would give Corpus Christi their second uh, run and um, it was a tough start and you know a tough start for Ethan Landon what do you think about his performance I think I'm actually satisfied with Ethan Landon so none of his runs were actually earned so that just goes back to the whole errors thing young defense I know Zimmerman's the transfer who made one of the errors um, but still it, you know that's going to be a, an ailing problem down the road but you know on Le Landon's part he did his job and you know he had a rough outing in his uh, first career start from Michigan State, and uh, he went five and two-thirds, uh, let up none. Uh, no strikeouts, but that's you know that doesn't matter as long as you're getting the outs. Um, and it was just a great turnaround for him, and this was backed with uh, Mr. Everything. Uh, I want to get a better nickname for him, <laughs> Alex Troop. But uh, he came into relief as well, and he finished up the game, so we went with the same strategy. Um, this strategy a little different in the fact that it wasn't really a safe situation, but Troop finished the game. Um, and that was also complimented going two for four with two RBIs and a walk. So Troop continues to do everything on both sides of the ball, which is incredible for a sophomore. Um, yeah, anything you'd like to add on that? Yeah, he's doing a great job. Um, you know, he started all six games so far this season. He's played at first base and some other positions. And he's done a great job at the plate, batting 476 throughout this uh, second weekend. And he's also done a great job on the mound. You know, he's gotten, you know, he's, had two appearances in, from mm -hmm. the bullpen, and he's gotten a win in both. So it's definitely been great to see, yeah, as we, you said, Mr. Everything. He he really has that flexibility. Yeah, he's one of the top hitters and one of the top guys out of the pen. Um, one thing I'd like to add here is just, uh, you know, we said the offense is back from last week, and you'll touch more on the offense later. But uh, only one Spartan in that remained in the game the whole time had zero hits, and he that was uh, Matt Byers, and at least he had a sack fly. Uh, Durkin cranked a home run. Hughes singled home some runs. Um, and then Justin Hovis, the senior, he also singled home a run. So that was good to see him to get some action. But, uh, you know, it was that continuation from last week that multiple bats are helping get this win. Landon bounced back. Troop is still excelling. And we got Bashina with another 2-4 game, my boy Marty. So, um, you know, a lot. this was the positive game, Corpus Christi. A lot of good things seen here that we saw last week and hopefully a lot of things carrying forward. But we're going to move on to University of Central Florida, UCF. Um, the Sunday matchup. So uh, do you want to start with that, Michael? Yeah, definitely. Just like we talked about with the last game, they had a big inning in the seventh. To, and the game was neck and neck all throughout until the seventh when they were to, able to break through and show that talent on the this lineup. And they definitely had that in this Sunday game as well. The third inning, they just exploded and dropped five runs. It was, yeah, it was great to see the five straight batters got on base and then scored. So it was definitely great to see that heart of the lineup come through and um, break open the game where they were able to have a more comfortable game for Borkovich, who then came in and he had a great start. He cruised for five innings with a comfortable six to one lead and he was taken out, you know, and the bullpen came in and did their job. But I'm really impressed on the performance that Borkovich had. Yeah. Um, he's, he's had a great season. He's two and oh now. He, you know, pitched five, three hits, one earned and, uh, just a couple strikeouts. But, you know, he's, he's definitely been another great addition to the, um, rotation. Yeah, and, you know, they gave 
they, you, know, you don't really need him. He, they got up to the 6-1 lead, and they went right to the bullpen. They brought in Andrew Gonzalez, a sophomore. He came in the sixth inning. And then you had Keegan Barr, came in the seventh. Um, uh, Gonzalez had to dance himself out of trouble a little. He left two singles. Bunt moved the runners over to second and third with one out. So we can, he kind of got to see some adversity in a low-pressure pressure situation with a five-run lead. Um, he let up one run, making the game 6-2. But he really pitched out of it, only a sack fly, so not too much damage. And then Keegan Barr making his first appearance of the season, and he only had seven last year as a freshman, and uh, he went three up, three down. And so these are the situations that you want to be putting these younger guys in. Um, it's comfortable. It's low pressure. It's the beginning of the season. So come Big Ten play, um, these guys have been there. They've done that. They've played some of these Southern bats. I mean, this US UCF team, this is a high-powered offense. This was They had three guys coming in batting 400. So, right. you know, this was no easy task. And so you get these guys that confidence now. Uh, you had Mech is coming again, getting another appearance, and that was great. And then Mockby, uh, almost just to get, to get an inning in him over the weekend. That was the first time he pitched. But uh, what this means to me is a game when Borkovich, let's say, he isn't cruising and he struggles or Landon's struggling or View has a rough outing. Um, these guys are coming in in pressure situations, but now they're getting the practice when they're not really necessarily needed, but they're still coming in. And, you know, um, it, you don't really rely on that starter to go seven-plus innings. Um, and, you know, in these days of analytics, they're proving that your starter really needs to go six innings. It's what the world champion Royals did. Um, you know, I don't want to compare them to that, but, you know, one of my biggest takeaways from this whole this whole weekend, and you kind of already touched on this, uh, the batting, but uh, is just making contact, grinding out innings, putting balls in play, getting runs, having your pitchers go five, six innings, and let the bullpen do its thing. And, uh, you know, like I was saying, as long, you know, you get these bullpen guys and you have a lot of guys, a deep bullpen that are getting that practice now, they'll be able to come in those tough situations when you play Big Ten play, when you play the Illinois you know, the Illinois, the Maryland, all those teams. And uh, they've been there, they've done that, and they'll get the job then. Yeah, uh, that's a really good yeah, point. Yeah, any other takeaways I was going to ask? Yeah, that's a really good point that you were talking about with the bullpen. It's great to ha let them have that experience and work out the knots of the, you know, themselves as a group. And, you know, it was great to see that they had such success over the weekend and that they've had such success this entire season. And um, it looks like they are starting to work out which guys they're going to be able to rely on and which guys are going to, you know, be the anchors, the first man out and the closer, Joe Maki. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's great that, you know, early in the season they're able to work out these knots. And exactly. like you said, you know, the the offense has really been able to put the pitching in a great position. It's it's great that the offense has been able to have so much success because that gives the pitching an opportunity to really work out their knots so that once conference play comes, they have everything worked out and they, they'll be able to shut the door, you know, once those tight games come in in conference play. Yeah, and so and uh, shifting gears back to offense too. So, you know, the bullpen, great practice there. And this is also showing um, this is a small ball team that can come up big. So like we've said all – you know, through the previous podcast, Jake Boss Jr. has emphasized grinding out runs. Uh, this team's going to need all the offense. It could help. But, uh, you know, that third inning in that USCF game that you mentioned, this is a prime example of how you can play small ball but still come up big. So five straight Spartans reached, based, and scored as MSU generated runs using small ball uh, with a healthy dose of singles, walks, and stolen bases in that inning. Um, you know, this is championship baseball, and I, I know it's a, it's a vast comparison, but that's what the Royals did, you know. You get on base, you steal a couple bases, you draw walks, and uh, just putting the ball in play is going to get you runs. And so, yeah, it looks like, oh, you know, the Spartans mashed in five runs in the third, but really it's just kind of small ball tactics, and, you know, you stay hot, and the lineup's hot, and everyone's hitting that day, and, um, you know, that's going to bring great success throughout the season. 
Anything else you'd like to add to the weekend, your biggest takeaways from the weekend as a whole? Yeah, I mean, you hit it right there. You know, they're playing really, really great baseball right now. And I know it's early, and they're going to have their ups and downs throughout the season like everyone does. And, you know, they're going to work out their stuff, and it's going to be mm-hmm. different come conference time, especially, you know, once they come up back to East Lansing. And it'll be interesting to see how they play in front of a home crowd and back in this, uh, you know, normal uh, weather of Michigan. But um, so far, they've had a great start. Yeah, As you said, you know, the first, the best record in over 50 years uh, so it's a great start, and of course, you know, manager Jake Boss is really happy about that as he talks about after the games, and um, you know, they really have their eye on the prize right now, and they're doing a great job. That's good. I mean, expectations are high. He doesn't, you know, co- manager doesn't doesn't care how young they are. Um, but we're gonna move into rapid fire questions. So, Michael, would you like to ask me the first question? Yeah, of course. Uh, so, if you had to choose one, what would you want the Spartans to keep up later in the season that they have going right now here in this win streak? The shutdown bullpen consistent starters you know what do you think um or or the high powered i i was gonna yeah there's some other options there high powered offense you, or, uh grinded out batting um but uh if i had to choose one of those the bullpen the starters the high powered offense or grinded out style offense i'm gonna have to go with the bu- bullpen i think that bullpen was the biggest takeaway for me and uh yeah it's not pretty it doesn't bring in the runs you know, guys like in Gonzalez and Barr aren't necessarily stars. But, uh, you know, even View, you know, he's an MLB pitcher. He, you know, if he doesn't, he, if he only needs to go six innings and you're not putting all that stress on him to throw complete games and you're not putting pressure on Borkovich to have these crazy Sunday outings um, and that bullpen's able to clean up those last innings for you. And like I said, analytics show, you know, once you get through that third time through the lineup, you know, those starting pitchers are no longer good. So if we have that solid bullpen that, uh, that'll be able to um, shut down these games, close out games early. Um, I think that's going to be great going forward. And I'll ask you, who is the biggest asset to the team so far? Troop, Bashina, Hughes, Ando, Zimmerman, or Mekis? Well, a lot of great names right there. But I'm going to have to go with Troop on this one. Troop, as we talked about, came in for the second straight Saturday. He came in relief and earned the win. So he's 2-0 and on the season, and he's doing a great job you know, behind the plate and also on the mound. And you know, he came in from first base, and he pitched out of the jam on this past Saturday in the win against Corpus Christi. And then he stayed in for the rest of the game. And um, you don't see this type of dynamic uh, play coming from a kid from the bullpen. You know, you just don't see guys like this. He He's doing a great job at the plate, and he finished two for four that day with a run and two RBIs, and he also pitched three and a third and just one run and six strikeouts, six strikeouts and three and a third. You know, that's that's talent right there, and I think he's the biggest asset because he offers the flexibility where he can be used in any game situation, and, you know, no matter how a game's going, you know, up or down, he's going to be able to come in, and he's going to show that talent and really, you know, take over the game. He has He has that ability to do so. Okay, nice. So who do you think is the MVJ, the uh, <laughs> most valuable junior? Um, you know, that's that's an interesting question with a team that's so jam-packed with sophomores, but there's a lot of good juniors on this team. You got Zimmerman, you got Mockby, you got Durkin who homered over the weekend, you got Byers, the catcher who stepped in for Ross Kelly, and, of course, you got Borkovich. So um, if I had to choose one, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Walter Borkovich. I know Cam View is that guy, and, you know, he's the one to watch uh, coming into the season, but you know, Borkovich through his two starts, he's dominant. He's, you know, he's 2-0 in both his games. And uh, he's posting an ERA of 1.5, and that's complemented with eight strikeouts. So, you know, Borkovich, for never, 
for not I'm not gonna say never, but for having a very you know minimal career as a starter, he's dominating these you know first two series, and uh, you know he's gonna get a little taste of some more Southern baseball next week, and I think. I think after three starts, I'll really be set that this guy can be a star. But for now, he's really impressed me. And our last rapid-fire question I'll ask you is, um, excuse me, um, why is the best seat? Why is this the best season start since 1964? And I know that's a that's a vague question. You can go anywhere with it, but why? Why is this happening? We were not expecting this. Yeah, definitely, we were not expecting this, and we we came out of the first weekend happy with the three and zero start that the Spartans put on, and then. You know, this second weekend we saw another three and zero weekend. The start off six and zero. This is it's it's been very exciting to see the team play like this. And I think the key is that the offense is playing at a level that was not only expected from this group, but also an incredibly high level in general. And they're just playing great baseball right now. And the consistency and the explosiveness are you know the it's the one two punch that this lineup has that as you talked about is in those major league lineups. And it's a hefty comparison, like you said, but they have that talent right now and they're really just seeing the ball well and really firing on all cylinders the consistency is there where as we said the group is you know approaching or reaching double digit hit totals in nearly every game but also the explosiveness is there where they can have these certain innings where they just pop off and gain you know five runs and really set the team up for a cruising you know rest of the game and as we talked about really help out the pitching you know they had the seven run the excuse me, the five-run seventh inning on Saturday, and they also had the five-run third inning on Sunday. So, you know, that's something that's really, you know, helpful for the team that they can have that explosiveness and take a game over at, you know, any time, but also the consistency. And it's it's a really good lineup that we have that, you know, we, we just weren't expecting out of the Spartans yeah, this year. Yeah, lineup with a lot of new faces, but uh, great stuff, Michael. So we're running out of time here on the podcast, but we're going to run through a quick week rent preview. Um, Spartans are staying south in Pensacola, Florida, for the Pensacola Cox Diamond Invitational. There the Spartans will take on Southern Miss, who's currently 7-1. Auburn, 5-3, with some tough losses to Sacramento State, getting that California baseball. And uh, Troy University, um, who had a barn burner against Alabama. Uh, That was a 2-1 game, so you know that's going to be a tough matchup anyways. Um, So we're playing, I think think we've progressively gotten harder series – not too many stats on Southern Miss for the opening game, but we'll go hop right into Auburn, and that one just stands out to me. That's SEC, you know, the Southeastern Conference right there, the baseball, you know, we were talking about earlier. Like, this is this is the conference you look for. So, uh, you know, and I'm going to say, <laughs> sounds kind of cheesy, but Auburn is on a cheat code alert over here with all the video game numbers they have. Five guys are hitting over 389. That's led by Anephony, uh Greer. I'm sorry if I messed your name up, but uh, he's batting 485. And he's played every single game this season. So uh, this team is going to hit, hit, hit. And uh, they're also could, the Spartans could be dealing with Auburn's top pis- pitcher, Justin Camp. Uh, he's been going as the second-day starter in every other series for Auburn this year so far. And Michigan State is set to play Auburn on Saturday. So we could be dealing with him as well. And he's, he's already been a part of a shutout this season. So look for that matchup. I think that's really, really going to test those Spartan bats you've been talking about, Michael. Um, and then Troy. Not really known for batting, but this is a team that has only allowed more than three runs in one of their games. And three of their starters are posting below a 1.38 ERA. Um, And this is complemented by just a dominant bullpen. So, you know, these bats are going to be tested on two different days, as well as the pitching with Auburn's hitting. Um, 
and this I think this is going to prove where the Spartans are for real or not, playing an SEC team and playing a team like Troy, who has such dominant pitching. Michael, if you want to chime in, just any quick thoughts before we, we close the show? Yeah, definitely. You just said it. This is going to be a huge test for the team, and it's been such a hot start. But this weekend is really going to tell whether they are going to be able to handle this success and the hype that they're getting and really – you know, retain that and, you know, keep their high winning streak and their high level of play going. And I think that they can be able to do that. You know, they have tough opponents, but it'll be an interesting weekend to see how they play. Yeah, man, they'll have the target on their head, too, being the only undefeated team coming into the tournament. So uh, we wish you all a happy spring break. We will not have a show next week because we will be soaking up the sun, or at least I will. Michael will be continuing to soak up the snow. But for Zach Barnes and Michael Epps, thanks for joining us on Warning Track. Once again, ladies and gentlemen.